0: Nick Kroll made another savvy, way off the radar type move that could benefit the Reds despite having little to no consequences. We'll tell you why this move is important and why the target in the search for an outfielder is clear. That's all coming up on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host Stephen Offenbaker alongside our co-host Jeff Carr and we have a passion for baseball. Jeff and I both have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds and we have taken that passion and we have turned it in to information for you. On today's podcast we are going to look at the pitcher the Reds acquired to complete the sable trade that rocked Reds country. Okay not really that was the trade after the rule five draft you probably haven't even heard of this guy but They completed a trade. They brought over a player to be named later. We know how well that worked out last time. Jeff and I have you covered. We are going to tell you why. We think he might be a good fit, and it was a good move. Jeff is also going to tell us why Alec Thomas is the perfect fit for the Queen City. Uh, I think Jeff is a closet Diamondbacks fan, but we're going to see. He and I are going to get into that coming up a little bit later. And I am going to fill you in on why the Reds are king of the MLB at least in Hawaii, uh, and at least as far as baseball reference is concerned. But first, we're going to start up top, Jeff, with a new member of the Cincinnati Reds organization. Uh, the Reds went out and got another player to be named later. Uh, worked out really great last time uh, when we held out and, and and took our time getting a player to be named later. And I don't think that this player is necessarily in that same uh that same talent category as the last one, but it's a good move nonetheless. Why don't you tell us about it?
0: Yeah, Nick Craw made a savvy move for a possible bullpen piece this year. Now, maybe not on opening day, but it'll be later on this season. Jake Wong, he's from the San Francisco Giants, was the player to be named later in the Blake Sable trade. It was announced uh, just yesterday, in fact, that he would be coming over to the Reds. And, And Jake Wong is an interesting guy, because back in 2018, he was the third round pick by the San Francisco giants. He's actually rated as a top 100 prospect in that draft. And to get him for Blake Sable, like, look, I I know that whenever the rule five draft happened, the Reds picked Blake Sable. He was listed as a outfielder slash catcher, although most of his playing time was at catcher last season. So it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, wow, that fits. The Reds need an emergency catcher. They need a backup outfielder. But at the end of the day, this is a guy that hadn't even made his major league debut yet. So, And he would have to stick on the 26-man roster. Jake Wong doesn't have to do that.
1: He doesn't. And, you know, with Sable, there were a couple complicating factors. Uh, yeah, he may have filled a need, but as you say, he's never appeared in a Major League Baseball game. And for the Reds to keep him, he would have to have been on the active roster all season long. Uh, I think that's a big commitment for a guy that has yet to take their first major league at bat. So uh, I liked that the, the Reds and Nick Craw were able to flip that player to the Giants for a player that has a high upside. That you know, at one time was ranked, you know, as you say, the uh, top 96 prospect in their draft, uh, top 10 prospect in the Giants organization uh, before the 2020 COVID season wiped everything out. So, you take all those things into account, and I think Nick Crawl kind of wins here because now with Jake Wong in the fold, he can go to Louisville, we can see what he's got, he can. Rebuild his arm strength. You know he hasn't pitched in a couple years, and we're going to get into that here in just a second. But he hasn't pitched, and so he's going to be able to to come along slowly. And the Reds aren't going to owe anybody any money. They can take their time. They can bring him up when he's ready, uh, and there's no risk of having to return him. So the Reds literally got something for nothing.
0: Right. And, and just to clarify, he did pitch last year. It, it was 2020 and 2021. Ah, he didn't pitch two, I got at it. all. In but. But, yeah, still, it was one of those weird things, and and as much as both you and I tried to find it, uh, he had surgery on an undisclosed injury. So that was never said exactly what happened there, but it wiped out a long period of time for him to be pitching. And, you know, early on in his tenure with the Giants, uh, Baseball America and Fangraphs both had him as a, you know, back-end type of the rotation pitcher as a ceiling. However, I think we're probably going to see him more in the bullpen. Here's why. Last year when he pitched, he was in High A, uh, Eugene, Oregon, uh, High A, and he he started some like he started out of the bullpen for a little bit and then they put him in the rotation and from May 27th through August 3rd in the rotation, he posted a 5.69 ERA with 22 walks and 58 strikeouts during that time. So that's kind of something that you look at and you say okay it's a small sample size sure but i think it kind of proves that he's probably better suited for the bullpen
1: yeah and i mean the reds have plenty of guys in line to to battle for a rotation spot you know they're they're not going out and getting a player to be named layer in a rule 5 draft trade that's going to you know upset the apple cart so to speak with the guys that are, are trying to get ready to become starters for the cincinnati reds i like you thinking here though that he's uh you know has the potential uh to be a, a decent bullpen arm you know I, let me ask you this this whole undisclosed injury thing i mean i know we've seen that before in other players but i don't know that we've ever seen it in a situation where a player misses not one, but, you know, more than one full season of play as a result of the injury, and we still don't know what's going on with it. I mean, typically isn't that undisclosed injury designator, non-baseball-related injuries, like it's a whole like HIPAA health protection information thing. I don't recall seeing one like this.
0: Yeah, I believe that's what it is. It's not one of those things it's probably to protect privacy in some way but yeah i think there's nothing to do with baseball in this equation and that's probably why that they are protecting um his privacy with the injury and
1: it's something too that but to put reds fans fears aside in in a trade like this there is a physical he would have had to you know sit down with the team doctors and pass that physical so uh you know as Jeff says, he pitched uh, for High A Eugene last year. He's clearly past that and and moving forward. So it just yeah. this whole situation is just a little outside of the normal of the way transactions are done, the way the Reds do things, the way injuries are designated. There's it's just a little off all along the way. So no. it's it's an interesting case.
0: No, he's definitely healthy, and and the nice thing is because I mentioned that tough stretch, he did have a strong finish to the season in his final six starts posting a 1.8 ERA. Again, this was in high A uh, Eugene, Oregon, so essentially Dayton. Uh, but just for the Giants. Um, And he had 13 walks to 26 strikeouts in 25 innings. The 13 walks is still something that I look at in the 22 walks from the, the period earlier that season is because his profile coming out of college was he's a strike thrower. He does not walk a lot of people. And last year, if you, kind of put it all together he had a walks per nine over four so you're kind of wondering where that control is gone and i think that that will definitely be something that the reds monitor as they try to bring him up through the system kind of as i mentioned they uh, some different scouting outlets had him as a possible back of the rotation type dude but In his article about this transaction, Doug Gray over at RedsMinorLeagues.com believes that the Reds will fast-track him to the major leagues this season and maybe in the second half, probably July or August or something like that, we will see him out of the bullpen. He is 26 years old, so it's not as if he is too young to be thinking about the idea of being fast-tracked, but it's because of the progression of his career that he was still at high A due to that lengthy time where he wasn't pitching due to injury.
1: You know, and I like a couple of his numbers, even though uh, you know, as you say, you know, he wasn't great for a majority of last season. You know, even during that rough stretch, you know, gave up only four home runs. During the good stretch, he only gave up an additional home run. Uh, those are the guys we want at Great American Ballpark. Yes. We want the guys. <laughs> that ball on that the ground, earn- baby that aren't trying to win the Mike Minor I gave up a long ball award. We're looking Ugh. for guys that can keep it on the ground or strike them out. So, you know, he, this guy fits the bill, you know, hopefully Wong uh, uh, is able to contribute. And if he is, if he's able to do anything meaningful at all, at any point in the season out of the Reds bullpen, that's a giant gold star win for Nick Craw.
0: And that's the key. Like we're not trying to sugarcoat this and saying that Jake, Wong is about to challenge Alexis Diaz for the closer spot or for the bullpen a spot here We're we're saying like this is the type of move that there's literally no risk to the Reds got the money back for picking Blake Sable in the Rule 5 draft and Blake Sable was never part of the Reds anyway there was never a plan there for him except to move him along and now you have a bullpen piece so this is a savvy move by Nick Crawl for a dude who could possibly be like a you know a middle relief option and I I think that that is something to get excited about and you know what if it doesn't pan out it wasn't that big of a risk anyway you know yesterday I mentioned an outfield trade target for the Reds and I am convinced that Alec Thomas is that guy and Nick Kroll needs to go get him right now in fact I even have a trade proposal that he can send to Arizona I'll tell you about that coming up here next but first i want to tell you about bet online today's episode is brought to you in part by bet online uh how about the fact that bet online is not impressed with the spending sprees going on in baseball have you seen this they still have houston as the favorites to win the world series yeah they did add jose abreu but it's not as if they went out and they spent 150 million dollars on him. And they have the Dodgers as the second favorite and the Dodgers are still sitting there wondering if Gavin Lux is going to be their opening day shortstop or what they're going to do there. So it's interesting for me to see that bet online is not impressed with the spending sprees. And if you want to find out, oh, sorry.
1: you ought not to yacht, not to say this too loud, because if Steve Cohen finds out the Mets aren't rated number one to win the world series, He'll he may just else. buy
0: bet online and change the odds <laughs> himself. <laughs> I got an interesting thought about what uh, Steve Cohen could do. We could call this uh, the Major League Baseball of Steve Cohen. I think he should just own everybody. Anyway, uh, you can find all the latest player developments at BetOnline, including team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles, and analysis on every game is all there. You can also uh, make sure that you check out uh, their live betting. They're up to the minute scores for every sport out there because bet online remains your continued sport uh, source for all of your sports wagering information. It's the fastest and easiest way to check out on all your favorite games and events from the NFL as we're going through the playoff stretch run Bengals and Bucks this Sunday. Some interesting lines there on that game too, as the Bengals are heading down to Florida. Plus you've got the NBA, you've got NCAA football and basketball. You've got MMA, you've got boxing, you've even got golf. It's all at betonline.net. Head over there today on your desktop or your mobile device to check out all of the trends in action because betonline is where the game starts. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen. Make sure you check us out tomorrow. We will get a hot stove update as we dive into some rumors surrounding potential targets for the Reds, like Corey Kluber, checking out and seeing what the banter is around the hot stove on guys like that. But I'll tell you what, Steve, the the rumor that's really had us going here these last couple of days about the Reds and the the hot stove and all that stuff is the fact that they want to trade for an outfielder. Not just any outfielder, they want a young, controllable outfielder potentially a rookie potentially a guy who's made his debut the perfect guy the guy who fits that bill and the reds should be going after him is alec thomas for the arizona diamondbacks
1: i feel like you've already placed a wager on the over for the diamondbacks <laughs> win total next year you're trying to you're trying to steer talent their way i'm not sure what's going on no listen uh, you know we keep coming back to arizona on on the trade partner for uh, the trading of a shortstop. And, you know, it's, I think you summed it up really nice y- yesterday, which is they really are in the same situation as the reds without fielders versus shortstop. So the reds have a shirt, uh, a surplus of young shortstop prospects, young shortstop talent, which puts them in a position to deal one of them. Arizona is in the same situation with outfielders. They have a bunch of young, highly rated outfielders. They have a little bit of an access. They're in a position they could deal one. So it's kind of a natural fit. Uh, I'm interested to see exactly how Nick crawl explores this because the Reds have been uh, more than just a little bit vocal about the fact that they're willing to trade from that shortstop depth in order to bring in an outfielder that can help the Reds sooner than later.
0: Absolutely. And the reason that I say that Alec Thomas is the guy they should be targeting is, is take a look at this. Now this is his baseball savant page and yeah, there's some blue on there in the percentile rank cause we'll get there in just a second, but he's 22 years old and what he is super good at is. Fielding and he's fast, he's got great arm strength, he's in a high percentile when it comes to sprint speed and outs above average. These are the kind of things that the Reds can build their outfield around. Alec Thomas would be their center fielder and that would be such a huge get because when you're talking about these outfield targets and the possible guys that they could go for, guys who can play center field, should be at the top of the list because they really don't have a plan there. There's there's guys that they could hope. I mean, you've talked about Matt McClain possibly being a guy out there. They've tried to run Jose Barrero out there in the past. They don't know. They don't know who's going to be their center fielder. This is the guy that if they get him, they don't have to worry about center field anymore. Absolutely.
1: And I mean, listen, I know everybody's going to roll their eyes, but also Nick Senzel is still on this team. Still and he's going yes. to play a little bit. So, If you've got somebody that you can pair him with and make Nick a little bit more of a utility, that's great. Uh, You know, we may yet still see something with Jonathan India as far as a move goes, although the Reds have kind of poo pooed that idea just a little bit. But sometimes, uh, you know, (laughs) thou doth protest too much. Uh, I think maybe that there is some consideration for maybe rehoming Jonathan India, at least at some point, or for some games in 2023. So uh, the Reds outfield is a mess. And, and this is the first move, I think, in, in potentially fixing that. Uh, I do like your, your, your thought there of going and getting a center fielder for a couple of reasons. For, uh, let's just say Nick Senzel catches fire for just a minute. Let's just say he finally becomes that guy that we've wanted him to be. Well, if you can play center field, you can play left field and you can play right field. So, yep. you know, it's not like, you know, you go out and get a right fielder that is is pulling a trailer around the outfield and you can't move them anywhere else. It's it's, it's a guy that you can that gives you some flexibility is what I'm trying to say. So, uh, you know, I like the fact that defensively Alec Thomas would give you that flexibility. Uh, I'm a little concerned. Just in that, if we're trading away uh, a young shortstop talent, you know, bringing back an outfielder that not quite proved it, not quite shown us what he's gonna be, um, that makes me nervous. But you know, it's the same risk the Diamondbacks would be taking bringing over one of these young shortstops that haven't proven anything yet either. So, uh, for me, I figure you've got you've got one of these in your ability. You've got one of these deals. Where you can try to adjust the the organizational depth and the organizational strength. And I think Nick Crawl should do it.
0: Yeah. And I'm very much looking forward to hopefully this happening because in, in in the blue and I'll show that real quick again the blue in his batting percentile rankings in baseball savant I think all stems to one thing he's just getting comfortable at the plate this was in 411 at bats so he did get a nice number a nice sample size worth of uh, data there last year but the one thing that I like about all of this steve is he is pretty good at limiting the strikeouts in fact his strikeout percentage is 4% Four percentage points below league average, league average at 22, his is at 18. So, you like to see that. That is something that he can build on. And I think everything else will come with it the average exit velocity, all that stuff, his expected slugging percentage will come as he builds strength. So, with that in mind, this is my deal. This is what I'm thinking. I put this together at baseballtradevalues.com. Talk about them a lot. They're a pretty good baseline when it comes to understanding trade values. I'm not saying that it's the end all be all, but yes, this is what I use. So Alec Thomas to the Reds, the Reds trade Edwin Arroyo and Brandon Williamson to Ooh, wait a minute Diamondbacks.
1: Wait a minute, wait a yes. minute,
0: hold the phone. Yes, You didn't say anything about including a starting pitcher. Wait a yes. minute. No, let me, let me tell you why. Because I think Brandon Williamson has got talent. Yes, he does. I also am concerned about that walk rate. I don't know that he fixes that Steve. I, that is a stat that tells a story for me in the minor league. So if they can swap him in this deal, because Arizona is talking about, yes, we're looking to trade from our outfield surplus, but we're looking for major league ready talent. Now, Edwin Arroyo isn't that, but Brandon Williamson is. Brandon Williamson gets the major league ready side of this deal done. Edwin Arroyo gets the talent side of this deal done. The reds get their outfielder for the next five years, their center fielder for the next five years.
1: Oh, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Uh, you're trying to get our boy Nick Craw killed. I think. Um, I, I think. Listen, I'm looking at I'm looking at Alec Thomas's baseball reference page, and baseball reference is important coming up in the next segment. But uh, you know, OPS plus of 76 in his first year in the majors. He appeared in 113 games, as you say, 411 plate appearances, eight home runs, uh, slash line of 231, 275, 344. I feel like that's an overpay, Jeff. If we're sending Arroyo and Williamson, I mean, a starting pitcher that probably could plop into the rotation right out of the gate if he had to, but you know, might need just a little bit more time. Uh, I, I feels like an overpay, and I know you're using the the the, the trade evaluator there, but uh, I don't always agree with the trade evaluator. Uh, just from a from a, a major league ready starting pitcher plus plus a highly rated shortstop prospect for a center fielder? I don't know. I th- that feels like a that feels like an overpay to
0: me. I feel like this is the deal that will get it done and will really change the course of the Reds. I don't necessarily think Brandon Williamson is going to change the Reds' fortunes that much. It'd be nice to have a piece at the back end of the rotation, but I feel like his the the meter is trending more toward bust than boom for him in my opinion. I think the tr- wow. the meter is trending toward boom for Alec Thomas. I know that the stats for 400 plate appearances look a little bit daunting last year of only hitting 231, but I think he's getting a lot better this year. I think part of that was getting his feet wet in the major leagues, understanding what it takes to be a pro ball player every single day, and also to deal with struggles at the major league level as well. I think this year he takes a step forward and a lot of people think that he is going to be the kind of guy that can be a very good outfielder for the Diamondbacks. Ergo, he'd be a very good outfielder for the Reds. You don't have that much room to cover out in the Great American Ballpark, and he got a little bit of a shorter porch to hit to as well.
1: Look at Jeff Carr with the hot take of the day. Brandon Williamson is trending towards bust you heard it here from jeff uh i jeff i have never hoped you have been more wrong in your life
0: i hope i'm wrong too i do but i think yeah i want alec thomas i want all
1: right all right we'll we'll see how this plays out uh nick crawl if you're listening i don't know about this particular transaction advice bro you might want to you might want to really contemplate this one but coming up i am going to tell you how i single-handedly Put the Cincinnati Reds on the map. That's right. We'll talk about that right after this. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube today, thank you very much. Make sure you've clicked subscribe. Make sure you click the notification bell so that you know every time we post something new, every time we go live, we're doing lives on Friday. Aloha Friday. That is right. Make sure you are subscribed so you do not miss those. Uh, In between shows, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. Spelling's always been hard for him. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. All right, Jeff. I have single-handedly put the Cincinnati Reds on the map. You did? Kind of. How? Baseball reference released their metrics for 2022 and in the aloha state of Hawaii, the Cincinnati reds are King. They were the most viewed team page in all of major league baseball within the state of Hawaii. Now I am going to claim 95% of the credit for that because this computer right over here is always on baseball reference. It's always on the reds. It's constantly refreshing. You're welcome. Reds country. We won one. We're on top. Uh, I also give some credit to my good buddy out in Hilo, Christopher Schluter. Uh, You guys may know him from the Reds alert days. He was on the show with me a lot over there. Uh, He is also on baseball reference all the time. So between the two of us, plus the little bit of folks coming through on military duty and and here on vacation, the Reds won their number one.
0: I don't know what prize
1: we get for that,
0: but here we are. Well, it definitely comes from me being really optimistic about a player and you being like, well, hang on, I don't think he was that good. Let me look this (laughs) up real quick. Yeah, it's definitely from that. And if you've seen this map, I should have pulled the map up. But if you see the baseball reference map for the state of Ohio, the guardians actually took the cake here, which I think really stems from a lot of reds fans looking at the guardians team and being like, I know even fewer players on their team. Than I know on the Reds, why are they so much better than the Reds? So I could see that there's a lot of curiosity going around the state of Ohio for the Guardians. But also, Steve, um, Delaware likes I have the Reds.
1: I have a theory. Uh, the okay. Cincinnati Reds carried two states, Ohio being none of them. The second <laughs> state that uh, Reds country rallied around the Reds in was Delaware. And if you do a little bit uh, more digging into the metrics that baseball reference released, you will also find that the number one player page viewed in the state of Delaware was a player by the name of Pete Browning. Uh, He was the most viewed player For the state of Delaware, who is Pete Browning? Well, I will tell you, he pitched in Major League Baseball from 1892 to 1894, uh, pitching for your Cincinnati Reds, as well as the Louisville Colonels, the St. Louis Browns and the Brooklyn Grooms. Here's my theory, Jeff. Someone out in Delaware is writing a book. Someone's doing a book on some historical event in the late 1800s around uh, this particular player and here we are uh, he managed to carry the state of delaware and it's one electoral vote i don't know what's going be. on but the reds won two states that's what we know so it has to be uh, like
0: i was thinking like did cam drive to delaware and just google p brown must bunch? have a cousin we should ask him do you have a cousin in <laughs> delaware
1: that's writing yeah. a book because this has your name written all over it yeah, really in case I've you're in case you're Pete curious <laughs> right Pete Browning, 1892 to 1894, 1892 Cincinnati Reds. Uh, in case you're curious about Hawaii's most viewed player, uh, I will take responsibility for it not being Joey Votto. That's my bad. I'm going to work on that for 2023. Uh, in Hawaii, Seattle's Dylan Moore, for whatever reason, is the most viewed team page, in, uh, the most viewed player page within the state of Hawaii. I have no idea why that is, but it, it is.
0: And following up with Dylan Moore, I mean Dylan Moore is far more obscure than this guy. But uh, Aaron Judge was the most searched player in the state of Ohio on Baseball Reference, not a Guardian or a Red. Um, I mean, I get it; he hit a lot of home runs and stuff. But I don't know. Like, I I, I would have figured. I think it had that's been... Doug. I think that's Doug Gray's fault. You know,
1: I I just <laughs> I just picture Doug in front of his computer, looking longingly at Aaron Judge's baseball reference page and you know just constantly refreshing that's all right that's where i'm gonna go with that here's here's what we are clear about number one i got the job done in hawaii number two you failed miserably in ohio and i'm going to need you i'm to gonna step defend up myself. your game i am gonna because, defend my- because clearly nick kirby kicked your butt and got the cleveland guardians as the number one <laughs> baseball reference page in the state of hawaii
0: There's not a day I'm not on that website. There's not a day I'm not on that website. Now, a lot of it's probably looking at specific players and not necessarily the team page because, well, the team's stats altogether wasn't very fun to look at, but... I'm definitely not the reason that that didn't happen. I'm on there every day. I it, Maybe it's only one computer. Maybe I need to pull up all my computers and my phones and all that stuff. And just have it constantly. I, I don't know. That It's a funny thing, though, to look at that, look at the map and, and see, like, all the baseball reference stuff. In fact, there were many states, not just the state of Ohio, but many states where Aaron Judge was the most looked-up player. So it's possible people just get on there during the national broadcast of a game or something like that and be like, what's going on with this guy? But I, you know, I think. The other piece, Jeff, is probably as he was getting ready to break Maris's
1: American League home run record, people were checking his team page to look at updated stats and and so on and so forth. Yeah. So that could probably be the reason why from sea to shining sea, he seemed to be pretty relevant.
0: He really was. And especially during the offseason, I'm sure people were looking up to be like, OK, is there a reason that our team's about to give him four hundred million dollars and then? it was just the Yankees at the end of the day. Like it was probably always going to be, even though that's not what I picked anyway. Yeah. Baseball reference and their maps. That's, that's how it is. I'm always interested in these maps because they're never what I expect. And not to say that I would expect any specific thing from the state of Hawaii as to far as what they're searching on baseball reference, but Dylan Moore was not what I would
1: have. Expected. No, we're going to make that be Joey Votto in 2023. Uh, Schluter and I are you have a lot it, of guys. You have a lot we of influence. It's very it.
0: obvious. Yes. <laughs> But I think that's where we're going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you all so much for watching and for listening on today's show. Coming up tomorrow, we will get a hot stove update as we dive into some rumors surrounding potential targets for the Reds, like Corey Kluber. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen, though. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions and big game recaps and the take of the day can all be found on locked on sports today in under 22 minutes. It's just like locked on reds. It's free and available on everything that has podcasts, including Odyssey. You've got YouTube, you've got Spotify, you've got Apple, everything that has podcast has locked on sports today and locked on reds. Steve. um, We, we know that Hawaii loves the reds. Apparently Ohio loves the guardians, but you know, we're going through an offseason. We have a chance to, next year to right those wrongs. Plus, the Reds still need to make a couple of moves. So what's that mean for you and me? That means you and I are going to be monitoring the rumors. We're
1: talking about that later on this week. We're going to be monitoring the transactions. We're going to be monitoring the waiver wires. I am going to be hitting refresh on the baseball reference to Joey Votto page all day long, and we're going to keep you locked on Reds every single day.